Section 5 of Historical Sketches of the Catholic Church in Oregon During the Past Forty Years by Francis Norbert Blanchet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Interesting letter from Reverend Modeste Demur to Reverend C. F. Cazot, Secretary, Quebec. Vancouver, Oregon, March 1, 1839. Reverend, dear sir, when I was appointed to the mission of Oregon in 1837, together with the very reverend father blanchet the passage of the missionaries from montreal to fort vancouver across the american continent and in the canoes of the hon hudson bay company met obstacles which prevented their immediate departure bishop provencher who stood in need of a missionary secured a passage for me to red river this was two thousand one hundred miles saved in my journey to oregon i was afraid however that when i should have acquired a knowledge of the language of the santo i would not be allowed to proceed on my journey if an opportunity presented itself but divine providence took all difficulties out of the way for as soon as the missionaries for oregon had obtained a passage bishop provencher allowed me to proceed and i had the happiness of meeting with the very reverend father blanchet on red river in eighteen thirty eight on his passage to oregon leaving to the vicar-general the recital of the tales of his trip from st boniface to fort vancouver i will give you an account of my ministry for the last three months this fort has with the canadians and indians here occupied all my time i have found here some consolation god has given me the grace to learn the chinook language in a short time it is in this jargon that i instruct the women and children of the white settlers and the savages who come to see me from far and near i am so busy from morning till night that i can scarcely find time to write the following concerning the savages who are settled on the west of the rocky mountains i would ask therefore all your indulgence as i merely pass through the different indian tribes scattered along the columbia from the rocky mountains to the pacific ocean the following sketch must of necessity be very imperfect i hope however it will be sufficient to make known to you those diverse tribes under the most interesting aspect that of religion my recent arrival in this country and the multiplicity of my occupations do not permit me to give more than a faint sketch unwilling as i am to expose myself to the danger of giving false impressions and wrong information i will wait until i may have acquired a more thorough knowledge of those unknown tribes lake house the first savages we saw are called the lake indians these first of the large fold committed to our care correspond well to the description given us of them by the canadians who had been for some time telling them of their own chiefs the black robes and had given them the hope that some of them would arrive and give them a knowledge of the master of life he who made them we can easily imagine with what joy they received those chiefs for whom they had been so long waiting for seventeen days we remained at the house of the lakes and labored in this new vineyard which promised from the very beginning of our visit to bear abundant fruit after the first instruction on god and his attributes on the creation the fall of adam and the necessity of baptism those who had little children hastened to bring them for baptism to have their hearts made good they regretted that they themselves could not receive the same happiness these indians desire nothing more than to know god and the religion that leads to him 
they anxiously long for the moment when a priest may come among them to teach them the holy truths and maxims of our divine religion it was not without grief that these poor people saw the missionaries leave them and on our part we were not indifferent to the expression of their warm affection comod audient sine predicante colville in this fort we saw indians belonging to five different tribes who had come from the neighborhood to meet us a barge which had preceded us down the river had brought them the news that the long-expected chiefs were coming hardly could they perceive the barge in which we were than they all men women and children hastened to the shore with joy depicted on their countenances to bid us welcome it was not without emotion we saw this demonstration of their gratification we had to tear ourselves away from them to accompany the commandant to the fort the chiefs of the chaudieres saint spokane Piscous, and of the okanagan with some of their people received such instruction as our time would allow us to give them all gathered together in a large house given to them for the occasion and waited in silence for the moment when we should speak to them with what attentive eagerness they listened to the word of god which being translated to them by the chiefs acquired a new force and an additional weight we forgot nothing that was calculated to fortify them in the principles of the catholic religion thus in a short time we have scattered some of the seed of the divine word and we have the sweet hope that according to god's merciful designs it will bear fruit in this portion of the human family so long neglected we easily can see what progress christianity would make among tribes so well disposed but fides ex auditu the five tribes mentioned above the lake indians and the flatheads of whom we shall speak later speak languages so similar that they readily understand each other it would be enough to know one of these languages to speak all the lake indians and the chaudieres are the most numerous of all okanagan during the twenty-four hours that we remained at this post we became acquainted with the indians who frequented it they are tolerably numerous we may say of them what we have said of those mentioned above to make fervent christians of them it would suffice to teach them the christian doctrine nothing more is needed between okanagan and walla walla we have seen only a few indian huts for want of interpreters we could hardly make ourselves understood walla walla some of the chiefs of the cayuse tribe had come together at this post to see the chiefs of the french canadians all over the same zeal and the same eagerness to know god the same joy and satisfaction in seeing the black robes of whom they had heard so much without being christians they firmly believe the truths of the religion we explain to them by the way they speak the language of the nez perces which is altogether different from that of the chaudieres and of the flatheads they can converse with those of walla walla whose language is spoken as far as deschutes somewhat below are the dalles indians who can speak with those of deschutes and of the cascades twenty miles distant from vancouver a great many of the indians speak the chinook jargon of which there will be mention later vancouver the chinook indians are scattered along the columbia river from this fort down to the pacific ocean before the year eighteen thirty they were the most numerous tribe inhabiting the banks of this river this rendered them proud and haughty beside this they were rich 
but about this time came the disastrous malady known by the name of fever and ague which carried a great many to their graves in the heat of the fever they would leap into the river in the hope of relieving them of their suffering but they found death as quick as it was certain it was found necessary to burn a whole village where the dead bodies were piled one upon another for the survivors were not capable of burying their dead this calamity which god sent those indians on account of their abominable lives came to visit them every year and always made some of them its victims we are told they reformed their lives except those who live near the fort who are wicked and demoralized on account of their communication with the whites they make a shameful traffic in crime they have female slaves whom they hire at a price to the first who asks them they have seen us and see us yet with an indifference that makes us regret the good indians of the upper river but the part of the tribe situated not far from fort george now astoria down the river is not as depraved which gives us the hope of being able to christianize them with the assistance of him who wills that no one should perish but that all should come to the truth at the very moment i write this i learn that their chief with a great many of his men has just arrived to see the french priests a few days ago he had sent deputies to know whether they would instruct his indians the real language of the chinook is almost unlearnable it differs entirely from that of all the neighboring tribes but they speak the jargon also which is used as the medium between the canadians and the whites in general and the indians who are settled near the fort the jargon is composed of words taken from different languages disfigured in their orthography and pronunciation it is all borrowed from different languages which makes it easy to acquire it possesses only from four hundred to five hundred words it has no participle one and the same word has several meanings for instance wawa means to speak to tell to answer to ask Comtax means to know to learn to comprehend to hear to think and to believe thus by adding nawitika certainly we have nawitika naika kamtax sahalatea i believe in god hence it follows that it is not easy to translate french expressions into it we have to use paraphrases for the last month i know this jargon sufficiently well to give instruction and to teach the catechism without being obliged to write them down i have translated the sign of the cross and the way to give one's heart to god i cannot send the translation of the other prayers as they are not quite finished a good many of the cascade indians who understand this jargon and some of the clickatats attend the catechism and evening prayers in order to impress deeper upon their memory the truths contained in the apostles creed i have tried to arrange it to a certain air the indians love music very much they know nearly by heart the canticles that were sung at the mass on sunday last i expect to learn the clickatat language which will be of great use in instructing this tribe and those of deschutes and of the cascades who understand it well the greatest difficulty in learning the language spoken on this side of the mountains consists in the pronunciation which is such that we are many times at a loss to find characters to represent it 
as in sahaletaye god hicht one time does not allow me to expatiate on this matter the indians of cowlitz the indians of cowlitz love with reverence the missionaries who are established among them they have a language of their own different from that of the chinook indians they also speak jargon they are tolerably numerous but poor they give us hopes of their conversion after the visit of the vicar-general they said to the settlers of cowlitz the priests are going to stay with us we are poor and have nothing to give them we want to do something for them we will work make fences and whatever they wish us to do several of them came to see the missionaries at vancouver and expressed the most ardent desire to have them come and remain with them well amet indians the vicar-general who passed a month among the canadians established on this river could not speak highly of the indians he had seen the Kalapuyas. they were very numerous before the fevers but are now reduced to a small number which keeps decreasing every day they are poor and lazy thieving may be considered as their predominant passion they wish to keep away from the missionaries as much as the cowlitz indians wish to be near them hardly any of them were seen by the vicar-general at the chapel assisting at the instruction but it seems we might succeed better among the different tribes of this nation who are settled on the tributaries of the upper willamette from these they take their different names i learn that there are fourteen or fifteen different dialects spoken by these tribes they are not so essentially different but that they can understand each other moreover the chinook jargon is spoken among the Kalapuyas. northern indians in fort okanagan we had information of a great many indians who are settled at a great distance from the rocky mountains towards the north some canadians in the service of the hon hudson bay company in those quarters told us that priests would do well among them although they are not civilized as those of the columbia we will let them know the object of our arrival in this country but we cannot send word to them before next summer the nez perces tribe is very numerous they are mostly settled on large prairies not far from the mountains towards the north the canadians who live among them for the purpose of obtaining the beaver fur have for a long time spoken to them of the black robes the chiefs of the french naturally good mild and full of respect for the prayer to the master of life they anxiously desire that priests may come to instruct them and make known to them the religion of the french they have even imagined that they could buy one and have inquired of the canadians how many horses and beavers it would take to have one stay with them saying that he would want for nothing and that the best of the spoils of the chase would be given to him good discipline and morals reign among them may we not here exclaim with the saviour of the world messis quidem multa operarit autem pauci what can two missionaries do among so many tribes but desire that the lord may send missionary priests to show them the way to heaven for which they had been created and to tell them that their souls are the price of the blood of the saviour rogate ergo dominum messis ut mitat operarios in messem suum receive reverend dear sir the assurance of my esteem 
m demur missionary priest of oregon first mass at fort vancouver condition of the country november twenty fifth eighteen thirty eight was beautiful as a summer day it being sunday preparations were made in the schoolhouse for the celebration of the first mass ever said in lower oregon the building was too small to contain the crowd composed of the gentlemen ladies and catholics of the outside camp a solemn high mass of thanksgiving was sung by the vicar-general who gave an instruction suitable for the occasion vespers also were chanted in the afternoon the divine service of that day was moving even to tears as many of the canadians had not heard mass for ten fifteen and even twenty years that day was one for them that would never be forgotten they saw at last that they had priests among them to instruct themselves their wives and their children to administer to them the sacraments and give them at the last and awful hour the consolations of the holy church in all this they felt happy and giving thanks to god they were willing and ready to obey their pastors faithfully it may be well to take a view of the country in relation to the indian tribes the servants of the hudson bay company and catholic and protestant settlers in order to have a correct idea of the condition of things in the mission entrusted to their care their mission extended from california to the northern glacial sea between the pacific ocean and the rocky mountains the indian tribes were numerous scattered all over the country speaking a multitude of diverse and difficult tongues and addicted to polygamy and all the vices of paganism the servants of the hudson bay company in active service in its twenty-eight forts for fur trade were in great majority catholics so also were the four families settled in cowlitz and the twenty-six established in the Willamette with their wives and children many of the servants and settlers had forgotten their prayers and the religious principles they had received in their youth the women they had taken for their wives were pagans or baptized without sufficient knowledge their children were raised in ignorance one may well imagine that in many places disorders rudeness of morals and indecency of practices answered to that state of ignorance there were also found in the valley of the Willamette some protestant settlers and in different parts of the country about thirty protestant ministers with their numerous attendants their wives and their children the methodists had two missions one in the Willamette valley and the other at the dalles the presbyterians were established at wyalatpu among the walla wallas at lapway among the nez Perces, and on the spokane river besides these the h b company had its own chaplain at vancouver for two years these ministers were zealous making efforts and using all means possible to gain converts to their sects as to the catholic settlers and their families although considerably numerous they were not only without any minister of their faith to teach them and their families the catholic doctrine but were moreover exposed to the most seducing temptations of perversion for if on the one hand they were deprived of all the means necessary to practice the worship commanded by their faith and claimed by conscience on the other hand the practice of their separated brethren and the exhortations of the ministers were immediately at hand so as no pains were spared and nothing neglected to induce them to join the sects rev mr beaver 
who arrived from england at fort vancouver as a chaplain in eighteen thirty six was anxious to bring the catholics of the fort to his sunday service but he was checked by the good dr mclaughlin nevertheless he renewed his efforts after the doctor left for england and strange to say a report came later that a list containing the names of catholics begging mr beaver to attend them had appeared in one of the newspapers in london no doubt this was a forged trick but it is certain that he joined with the methodists in saying quote, no need of priests i suffice here and the methodists in the Willamette valley End quote. as for the methodist ministers we have seen before they were visiting the french settlers had succeeded in bringing some of them to their sunday meetings baptized some women and performed marriages this being so one may understand why the grant of passage by the h b company met with so much opposition the first request of the bishop of juliopolis was refused on a second application it was granted for two priests in the canoes of eighteen thirty seven but was afterwards withdrawn for the reason no doubt of not favoring an establishment on a foreign ground but also in order to give the protestant ministers more time to strengthen their position and to make proselytes hence of the two missionaries appointed to start in eighteen thirty seven only one was allowed to reach red river that same year such was the situation of the country in eighteen thirty eight nevertheless in spite of all combinations and obstacles the two catholic missionaries deo juvante arrived safe and were lodged in the room which mr beaver and the lady had left three weeks before for england from the foregoing it is easy to understand what the missionaries had to do they were to warn their flock against the dangers of seduction to destroy the false impression already received to enlighten and confirm the faith of the wavering and deceived consciences to bring back to the practice of religion and virtue all who had forsaken them for long years or who raised in infidelity had never known nor practised any of them they were to teach the men their duties the women and children their prayers and catechism to baptize them bless their unions and establish good order and holiness of life everywhere in a word they were to run after the sheep when they were in danger thence their passing so often from one post to another for neither the white people nor the indians claimed their assistance in vain and it was enough for them to hear that some false prophet had penetrated into a place or intended visiting some locality to induce the missionaries to go there immediately to defend the faith and prevent error from propagating itself in the meantime let no one imagine that all this was effected by enchantment <laughs> no on the contrary they had to make many journeys and had to undergo much pain and patience in order to caution the flock against the dangers of seduction and error to enlighten the ignorant to recall wavering consciences and bring back to the true fold the lost sheep one may well understand what time and pains were required to come so far and that after having succeeded it would not have been prudent to abandon them too soon to themselves this said let us now follow the two missionaries in their undertaking missions to various places and among the indians in eighteen thirty eight and eighteen thirty nine mission at vancouver 
the mission at this post lasted four months and twenty days from november twenty fourth eighteen thirty eight to april fifteenth eighteen thirty nine without interruption attended by the two missionaries save nine days spent by the vicar-general on a visit to cowlitz and thirty-four for his going to and giving the mission at Wallamat. the catholics of the place did not remain indifferent to the favour afforded them to have the promises of the apostolic labours of the two priests they faithfully corresponded to the grace the missionaries took but two days to rest from their long and tedious journey for the fourth and fifth day after their arrival saw them at work the first in favour of the servants and their families the second in favour of the ladies and their children of the fort on monday the twenty sixth they were invited by the governor to make a visit to the stores and depots of the company in the fort of the clerk's office houses of the bourgeois the clerks and their families on tuesday he accompanied them on their visit to the village which lies next to the fort and contains the houses of the servants and their families the census made gave seventy-six catholics canadians and iroquois they especially took the names of the men and women who were to be separated before being married the indian population on the shore of the columbia and neighbourhood was supposed to be three hundred souls the holy ministry began for the men and their families on tuesday evening by gathering them in the fort and that day and henceforth in regular meetings in which after the evening prayer made in common a pious reading was made and some sacred songs were sung in french a practice which continued and was kept with the greatest satisfaction in consequence of which the whole assembly was soon instructed to sing the first couplet of fifty canticles the men forming one choir and the women girls and children the other each choir singing alternately after the first second third etc couplet sung by the solace these meetings became so attractive as to draw on many occasions the bourgeois clerks and their families to enjoy the pleasant and harmonious concerts the indians themselves did not remain insensible to the charms of these chants nor were they the last to come and hear them in large number sometimes seventy in a hundred on february twentieth eighteen thirty nine there were a hundred forty assisting at the evening prayer the holy work began for the ladies and little girls of the fort on wednesday the twenty eighth by teaching them their prayers and catechism in french by persevering in this holy work many of them soon became able to say the rosary a holy practice of devotion in honour of the immaculate mother of god which the two missionaries established in oregon from the beginning rev m demur who made the beads distributed fifty of them in a short time the catechism was held in the forenoon the afternoon was reserved for teaching the prayers and holy truths to the indian women and children of the village in order to prepare them for baptism the difficulty here was great as they had to learn these prayers in french and the task could not be completed but by a long and tedious repetition of them for weeks and months this catechism was frequented by sixty women and girls and eighteen little boys the indians were not neglected they were gathered twice a day in the forenoon and in the evening rev m demur who had learned the chinook jargon in three or four weeks was their teacher later in january having translated the sign of the cross the lord's prayer and hail mary into that idiom he taught them to these poor indians who were much pleased to learn them 
in february he succeeded in composing some beautiful canticles in the same dialect which the indians as well as the men women and children chanted in the church with the greatest delight thus by patience and constancy in teaching the missionaries were pleased to see that their hard labors were beginning to bear some fruits the forenoon catechism lasted generally from eight to eleven and a half o'clock the afternoon from one to five and sometimes six o'clock the interval was interspersed with singing chinook canticles teaching catechism and some relaxation while rev m demur was instructing the indians the vicar-general taught the canadians and gave instruction in french to the boys who were able to read english so that by such means some of them were soon able to assist in teaching the prayers and catechism to others the gregorian chant and serving at mass were not forgotten and it was after these exercises that the missionaries heard the confessions of those who had no time to come during the day by all this it may be seen that the two priests were far from being idle End of section 5